it went something like this. Cruising down the street in my 6'4". Went to the park to get the scoop. Knuckleheads out there, cold shooting some hoop. A car pulls up, who can it be? A fresh El Camino rolling Kilo G. He rolled down his window and he started to say, It's all about making that GTA. It's episode 64 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey. Here we go, uh... I don't even know what uh, what show we're into on as far as the uh, social distancing and and the uh, the I think quarantine. It's number go. four. It's the fourth one in in this uh, fourth series. Or fourth Pretty or sure fifth. Pretty sure it's four. Like, yeah. I don't know. I've lost track. I you, you know what? Yeah. The biggest highlight recently is the opening of the golf courses. That's uh, been a big big one. Got uh, a couple rounds in already. Got a couple more lined up that's I think, I, I think even going further inside the biggest hot has been the change in weather like spring yeah. has finally came to calgary where people can get outside and they, even for me personally like if you had talked to me the first two weeks of quarantine to the last two weeks it's like a completely different person i'm i'm very thankful that the weather turned around because it was it was looking pretty bleak there for a while when when we were locked oh, up man. inside and it was 30 below still and you had to go take your go on a walks and it was cold as heck outside and that was it was rough. Pretty, it was pretty dreary. Pretty dreary there for a bit, wasn't it? It's still kind of bleak with how everything's looking. Like we're, you know, on the rodeo side of things, the everything since our last show, everything's really, really came down. Uh, the Calgary Stampede cancels, Pinocchio Stampede's out. Uh, over fifty percent of the Canadian pro rodeo season is now canceled. Um, uh, there's no events. It looks like until we might be lucky to go by maybe the summertime. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm going to say maybe July, August, maybe September. Right now it's looking like probably more like September if we're, mm-hmm. if we get anything, if we're even allowed to, but, and, but it might go on further. And I, I don't know, I don't know what it's going to be like if we can't do much until, until uh, like next year, what are we going to do if we, if we have the rest of the year off and there's no, nothing comes back. Know. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, sorry, go ahead, Wace. Uh, so I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky where, I have another semester of school left, so I have something that I'll be doing in the fall at least. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, it'll be uh, it'll be a weird summer. It's 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 crazy. Like yeah, just like no like no big events and or like yeah, like you said, Stampede's done and like like well, like BBJ and all those big events that people like live for in the summertime. It's gonna be strange to not have those around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's even even May right now, like. I've I've missed uh, we missed Aggie Days was canceled right off the bat the tarp auction for the Stampede was was uh, postponed, and then we mm-hmm. went we went over to uh, well the next one would have been Brandon was postponed to November for the PBR then uh, this weekend I actually would have had off next weekend we'd be in London Ontario, that's canceled so May was a bunch of travel so now May is going to be mostly at home, and maybe uh, going yeah. out with my brother here renovate his new house at some point but uh, we'll see that way but he, anyways. Uh, might have to get a real job at some point. So if if you're if you're listening and you're and you're hiring at some point and you take, you'd be willing to take uh, somebody for work that you know isn't very good at work or following much for directions and been, has been self-employed for the last ten years. You know, um, if you want to call, I mean, that's your, cool. you're the guy. Yeah, I'm the guy. If you want to call, Hit cool. If not, um, that's okay too. Uh, the best paying job I found on the uh, job website was at the Bottle Depot, actually. I think it was like twenty six seventy five an hour or something crazy like that. So no, I would throw up constantly working at the Bottle Depot. You think so? Oh, have you been? When's the last time we had the Bottle Depot? It's probably been most of the year. Like probably been since last summer at some point. It's disgusting in there, man. Man, like, it, the but it's not. That... It'd be pretty gross for the most part, but you'd get used to it after a while, and you just shower when you get home, and like. I don't know what it constantly smells. Constantly smells like cowboy's tent during stampede. That's what a ball. <laughs> well, you got pretty used to it when you were working for Labatt. So I mean, what, you know, what do you do? I didn't love, didn't love the smell. Yeah, but you got used to know. it and you survived. Like I mean, I don't know for like twenty six bucks an hour. That's like I, you know, I might go. I might do it. Might ha- might. Some bo- I'm not go above it. Some bottles. Right. I'll go do it if if I have to. Like I'm. I I think I might prefer that to some other work. I don't know. I don't know what else. I don't know what else to do right now either. I'm. I'm not sure. It's kind of. Yeah, I feel you. It's a weird time, buddy, for sure. Yeah, because we're gonna. A guy's gonna have to do something at some point here, unless I don't know. Like I don't know what else. What else are we gonna do here? So. So. Yeah. Seriously though, if you if you need some help with some stuff, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm out there. Um. He's available. 
Okay, so we haven't. It's we're already five minutes in almost, and we haven't even talked about our guest today, which is unbelievable. I don't even know why he Biggest emailed us guest back. in podcast history. Yeah, in in our show, Larry the Cable Guy. Holy shit, eh? We, that isn't that unreal. Like I, I just took a shot in the dark. Like I've I've known uh, known you know. Shot a shot. Shot yeah, shot my shot. Got a sent the email to to his people and and. Yeah, they actually got back to us a few days later and got it lined up. And he's got a new special out. Uh, it's called it's called Remain Seated. Uh, we watched it the other night. We got it off uh, iTunes, also on Google Play. You can find it where you uh, get your content these days. But uh, really, like, really cool to see a new special from Larry. I hadn't done one in a couple of years now. But, man, mm-hmm. this guy is like, he's the I biggest guest. I didn't realize guest. he was a Grammy winger. A Grammy, a Grammy winger? He's a two-time winner, Grammy nominee. Winner. And four, or whatever. Four time award. For- yeah, for Grammys. How how wild is that? He's the That's voice of cool. Mater in Disney's Cars one, two, and three. Great like, films. Yeah, part of the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, which like I think I think at one point I look I tried to find the actual stat and I didn't find like the the line anywhere. I did a ton of digging and listened to some other podcasts and whatnot. Uh, but I, but I think he was one of the most uh, successful comedians ever like in the whole world at, at one time like i think i did oh, see yeah. a, i did see a forbes list where he was like top 10 on on uh on comedy comedians back in like the yeah, there was the, there was one point when those blue collar guys were like they were like the shit well they kind of hit a uh a different audience too right like it was kind of comedy yeah. for rednecks and for a large a large uh group of people that were underserved in that in that market so far 100 so. percent. yeah but exactly. also also been in movies, produced his own TV shows. There's theme parks with his voice in it for cars. Um, you know, like different rides at Disney and like Disney Disneyland, Disney World. Video games with mm-hmm. cars in it. Just like movies he's been in. Like just wild, the stuff that, that he's done so far. So That's pretty cool. Unreal. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky you get a chance to chat with him. Yeah, so we got that coming up for you here later in the show. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Larry and his, and his folks for for uh taking the time to speak with us it was such a cool deal even yeah just so cool um his actual name though for those who don't know is is dan is daniel lawrence whitney so so his real name is dan dan whitney and uh and larry the cable guy is 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 on stage act i guess you would call it maybe persona yeah so so a little known fact there if you uh if you didn't know so yeah yeah pretty uh thankful to have Larry on the show and, and loved, uh, loved the chat with him. So it was great. Mm-hmm. And he talked about, uh, talked about, uh, a lot of rodeo stuff, bull riding stuff. And the, and the PBR is back actually, uh, in, in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Uh, that was the last weekend in April. So they're yeah. back. They've got a couple more events coming up this weekend and next weekend. Uh, great to see them, uh, you know, having events and getting things going again. Yeah, they're kind of the first movers when it comes to pro sports coming back. Sounds like the UFC is coming back in the next couple of weeks too with their with some fights. So I believe it's this weekend too, Wacy. So two yeah. two co- two companies owned by Endeavor both back this weekend. First back on the sports side of things. So mm-hmm. good. Also, uh, we talked about a uh, number of events being canceled, but Pro Rodeo looking to make its return uh, on the twenty second of May in Arkansas. So we'll. S- follow that for the next show and let you know where things are at that way so pro rodeo might be mm-hmm. back in some facet then and uh yeah we're up here we're we're shut down a little bit longer than a lot of slowly places. opening up though slowly opening up though yeah so we can maybe go to a restaurant here again in next week and uh we'll see so we're just living in the meantime though but and, and i can't wait i can't wait to have a meal at a restaurant it'll be it'll be nice wait. we've ate out i think we've ate out three or maybe four times since this thing started i've actually lost a little bit of weight I'm not gonna lie my pants, pants don't fit quite the same anymore that's not bad that's and not I, bad. I walked the yeah. course both around so far so just saying getting not a big deal decent shape fitness. um fitness is your middle name question so big news like more big news on the show you actually had to get tested for the covid um i am a covid survivor so for, like i don't know but you could get it again now right like you get tested but that doesn't mean you're just out of the woods doesn't mean right? i'm scot-free but I've, i had a brush i had a brush a scare a covid scare i started a new job got one day in just about got the got covid two, two days in yeah two days in second day of the job training then i get a text from the individual i was working with 
said that they had feeling some symptoms. They thought it was just allergies, but then they called and said that they getting tested and needed to isolate. So then that kind of one thing went to another, and I needed to isolate and get tested. But thankfully, my test results came back negative. So I have been my isolation shackle has been lifted. What was that and, experience like? Um, it was frustrating right at the beginning, just because like. Um, well, like it was kind of fun. It was kind of funny because I was like, li- like really leery and kind of freaked out the whole day, like just because like my first experience on the job and like a lot of people coming up to you and like you're in places with a lot of people and so like oh, I don't know if this is like I don't know, man, I was kind of sketched out about the whole COVID thing and then and then that happens and it's like well like why don't you just you're not feeling good just stay at home or you know what I mean like that was kind of frustrating that way and then. Then it turned into like being nervous, like, oh, what if I actually do have it? And then I was kind of, it actually was a big, like, kind of uh, took the wind out of my sail because I was buzzing pretty good there for the last couple of weeks. Like, I bought a new bike and I've been working out and biking my bike riding me outside. And then all of a sudden you get dealt that blow where it's like, okay, well, now you got to isolate for 10 days. So it kind of was a little bit um, disheartening. So, but I was really happy to get the news that I wasn't tested, I didn't test positive. So, did that person, yeah, that how did that person's test go? Or do you even know? They're, they're negative as well. Okay. And that's what, that, that was what, that was kind of what I was waiting. Like, I, my test results came back before theirs. So once they got theirs and they said they were, pot, they were negative, I was like, okay, well, I should be safe to go outside. So I went and spent the day outside yesterday and yeah. So what you had to go, to normal now. it was like a big, uh, you had to go to it was a drive-thru? A drive-thru. It was a, you had the drive-thru, yeah. So I just went to a hospital down the road. <laughs> You wait your line in the queue, and they wave you in. They make sure that you're the right person getting the test, and they swab your tonsils. And that's it. it was actually a pretty that process itself was pretty simple and like efficient. So yeah, I don't wow. know. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. It was, and it was yeah, it was a little scary. Not gonna lie, man. It was just like shit. Like it kind of everything kind of got real, right? Oh like, yeah. Oh, well, like I could have this shit. So. Oh yeah. No, so- it was an interesting process for sure. Did they not give you any like a mask or anything or gloves like on your new job um, deal? We had like we had like we like had, had we had all the proper PPE. It's just like we didn't have glove we didn't have gloves though. We had like hand sanitizer and masks. Um, but they got they got to a point during the day where you couldn't wear the masks because like you're breathing heavy and you can't see. Like I wear glasses, so. so I took I didn't wear the mask the whole day, which is maybe my own fault. But anyways, I. Um, but yeah, you see, you had the PPE and all the proper steps and stuff, but just, it was just one of those things. It was a busy day and we caught, like, we touched a few of the same things and we're maybe a bit closer than the six, six meters, but, or six feet or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we just one of those deals. But anyways, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the experience. That's for sure. Well, we're glad that you, uh, tested negative and can kind of keep Thank living you. in the, in this bubbles that we're still in, but, uh. That was good news, Waste. So keep staying, staying safe. Thanks, buddy. And we'll uh, be back right after this with our interview, our biggest guest yet on Cowboy Shit, Larry the Cable Guy on episode 64. Good old tomatoes and homemade wine and country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Because you can't starve us out and you can't make us Our guest today, I can't believe we've got him, we've got him on the phone, but Larry the Cable Guy is a multi-platinum recording art artist, a two-time Grammy nominee, four-time Billboard Award winner, and one of the top comedians in the world. Part of the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, Larry has been the voice of Mater in Disney's Cars 1, 2, and 3. Larry and his wife, Kara, have also created the Get It Done Foundation, which has donated more than $7 million to various charities. Larry, thanks for the call today. Uh, this is amazing. Thanks for being here. Oh, man, I'm, I'm happy to call you when they said you were on the list. I'm like, Ted Stoven, daggum! <laughs> Love my rodeo, folks. Well, uh, let, let's talk about that first. Uh, um, how how did you get involved in the in the rodeo side of things? I mean, you, you had some bulls in the PBR for a number of years back, uh, probably about 10 or 15 years ago now, but uh, let's just talk rodeo off the bat. Yeah, let's do. You know what? I grew up uh, uh, in a small town in 
Pawnee City, Nebraska. I grew up uh, town of twelve hundred. I was a pig. I raised pigs, but I lived next door to the cattle barn. So almost every day of my life, I'd grab my whip and head over and unload cattle trucks. And, and uh, of course, we had Little Brick's Rodeo down the road, and I'd always go to Little Brick's Rodeo. And I guess I got hooked on. I, I just loved livestock and and all that because I was a country kid and. And uh, when I, I wanted to be, I became a comedian, but I wanted to be a cattle auctioneer, and I wanted to drive a, a pot belly hog hauler. That was my big goal in life, Ted. Really? And <laughs> I ended up not doing that, but I still enjoy it. I mean, I bought into a sale barn here locally, and uh, my wife told me when I bought into the sale barn, she said, why in the world would you invest in a sale barn? Because you know you're not going to make a ton of money off that. And I said, it ain't about making money. It's about being able to go down to the sale barn and get on the cattle chutes and load a cattle truck, and nobody can tell me to get the hell out of there. <laughs> and so that's exactly why I did it. And then when I started coming up through the ranks, you know, I was real good friends with uh, Tater Porter. And uh, so I started sponsoring Tater in the PBR because I love bull riding. And, uh, you know, I mean, going going way back to all those all those bull riding guys from back in the day, you know, Aaron Seamus and Troy Dunn and the Carrillo brothers. I mean, man, those were the days. And uh, so I got involved in the PBR through Tater. I sponsored Tater Porter and uh, all the way through those years. And then when he won the PBR final there in 2000, I was sitting right there. And then, I, uh, of course, I had shirts and get her done PBR shirts and all that kind of stuff that we sold there. And then I wanted to get a rodeo team, so I put a rodeo team called the Get Her Done Rodeo Team. And man, I had a ton of people. You probably recognize some of them. I had uh, Jerome Schneeberger. Yeah. He was, uh, he was my tie down calf roper. And Britt Buckus, I had. I had Jake Long was my my uh, roper and Coleman Proctor. And I had Wade Sundale for a while. Clayton Zeibel, uh, Jimmy Folk. I sponsored the legend, uh, Guy Allen, for a long time. And then uh, Tater Porter. And then I still got one left. I, You know, when I quit doing a lot of merchandise, and I've been doing this a long time, and when I quit doing arenas, I quit doing a lot of merchandise because after a while it got to be kind of a hassle to do it. Cause... So I, when I quit doing merchandise, I kind of got out of, the sponsorship game for rodeo because uh, it, uh, you know, I, just, I, was, it was, I wasn't really making anything off of it. and I didn't need it for advertising my stuff. And I loved helping the riders along the way. I enjoyed doing that. But once you get married and have kids, things start progressing, certain things kind of change on you. But I sure enjoyed those days with my rodeo team and, going to the national finals and watching them. And, man, I, I loved it. Those, that was a lot of fun. I still love it. You know, my buddy Pat Gotch owns the RFD TV network and the Cowboy Channel, and he's my next-door neighbor. And, uh, you know, he just bought the NFR now from CBS. And, man, they, they got a whole thing going. That was actually kind of my idea to have a – ESPN Sports Center type show for rodeo. Really? And that's what he bought him a building at the Fort Worth, Fort Worth Stockyard down there, and he's got a studio, and and uh, they do that now on RF TV and, and the Cowboy Channel. They have a, an ESPN type rodeo show. So he, so he went with all, it. Yeah, yeah, no, so it's awesome. So I, I've, I've always loved it, and I always will love it. I mean, you don't get – I mean, rodeo is America. It is America to a T, and it's full of good Christian folks and people that still have their priorities right for the most part. And, <laughs> and I just love it. I love it. I said for the most part. For the most part, yeah. <laughs> well, 
What's your uh, What's your favorite memory of from the from the rodeo business or being at a PBR somewhere? Or there, there's got to be a fun story from from somewhere in your travels there with with everybody. Well, when I was doing my History Channel show, um, I went down to I went down to Houston Rodeo, and Corey Wall's a buddy of mine. Corey Wall's been barrel man for a long time, so I went down there and. I set up a whole thing for the History Channel because I wanted to show everybody rodeo, and that's when I was sponsoring BJ Schumacher. Yeah, and uh, I went down there, and BJ was riding, and so I got to tie his rope before he went out that one night, and, and went over and hung out with Boyd Palamas, and I got to do a Boyd Palamas call. Uh, Boyd Palamas, you know, he's always uh, we call him a cowboy. We like to call him a <laughs> You know, uh, Freddie Whitfield. Here comes Cowboy Freddie Whitfield. <laughs> and so, I got the I got the microphone, and 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 I forget who was riding, but he gave me the. I I did a little thing on the rider, and he and he wrote it, and so I got the score. He let me do the score, and I go, get ready to cheer, boys! Eighty nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I mean, that, I love that. That was fun. So I got to do that at the Houston Rodeo. But Corey Wall for the show put me in the barrel. I wasn't sure everybody what a clown went through in the barrel. So, and I get real dizzy. I, I cannot handle that stuff. And I got in that that gum barrel. They got my fat hind end in there, and uh, and that bull he would not come at the barrel. So they kept rolling me toward the bull. And of course, I'm getting dizzy and all get out. I was going to puke in that stupid thing. And oh, here comes a bull almost hit it and he backed off. So they pick it up. I said, I got to get out of here. So it takes three of them to get me out of the barrel. <laughs> I finally get out of the barrel. And then we had about a three hour break. That was our last scene. They were just going to tape me uh, doing the rope for uh, Schneeberger. And, and uh, I was so daggum dizzy. There was no place to lay down. Because I was in that arena, it was all seats, but they had a little stage in the middle. And uh, who was performing that night? It was that group, that country group, where it's the girl singer and the two guys. What's Sugar their Land, name? right? Is that right? Who? Oh, Lady Sh- Antebellum. Oh, Ante- Lady Antebellum? It was Lady Antebellum. And they were a kind of a new group. They'd had a couple of hits, but they were, they were just getting big. And I said, I'm a, I got to go lay down. So I saw that stage, and I went over there, and I plopped down right in the middle of that stage, laying on my back. And five minutes later, who comes walking up on stage? Lady Annabelle. <laughs> and I said, I said, sorry, y'all. I am. Now, personally, they walk up and go, Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> and I go, what's up, boys? I go, look, I am dizzy from being in a bull barrel. I know you got to do your sound check, but you're going to have to walk around because I ain't moving. (laughs) (laughs) Lady Annabelle's up there singing as they're hopping over me. Oh, wow. Well, I was asking uh, a few of my friends who who knew you and had had met you before. Um, One of them said that you, you were friends with Hadley Barrett as well. I loved Hadley like a grandpa, man. Hadley and I were buddies. We'd call each other on the phone at night, check on each other, say hi. And he always had a funny joke to tell me, and I always had a funny joke to tell Hadley. And oh man, it was I. He, he, I mean, he's look Hadley Barrett and Boyd Palamas. That's rodeo, man. That is voice of rodeo. Hadley Barrett is the voice was a voice of rodeo. And when we lost Hadley, we lost one of America's great rodeo voices. And so they had a little thing for him. And I, I did a little thing via satellite. I was working. I couldn't be there. So I did a thing for his funeral. And, and uh, yeah, it doesn't get any better than old Hadley Barrett. I'll you, oh, Hadley, Hadley Barrett. <laughs> I, I, I mean, hey, Dad, what is that, Hadley? You know, I mean, <laughs> He always had he and he always had boy he he wouldn't let me go till he got a couple of laughs out of me I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, I I wanted to ask you about uh, about being on the road and what what your favorite parts about about traveling and being on on tour are. Man, it was a whirlwind. I tell you, it was so much fun. I mean, you're traveling with your buddies and you're in a 
I mean, I mean, we were doing arenas, so we were doing ten, twelve thousand people at night. It was literally like a rock and roll band, and we'd pull in, and we never, if it was a nice day and it was in the fall and the summer, we would bring all the furniture that they had in the green room and bring it out to the buses, and we'd set up a living room out by the buses, and we'd spend all day out there playing basketball, throwing the baseball around. We uh, took a workout trailer with us so we could get in there and you know, try to stay in shape best we could. And I mean, we'd pull up late. We'd pull up early in the morning at, you know, six, seven o'clock in the morning. And by the time we woke up, uh, everything would be set up and ready to go. And we'd stay there all day, about six o'clock. We'd take a shower, run in, do a meet and greet, do a show. As soon as the show was over, we'd run right back to the bus, get changed, and we'd have about 30, 40 people come out. And, ah, it was, I'm telling you, it was the best times of our lives. And then I got married, my wife, and I had my kids and my kids and my wife. My kids grew up on that tour bus. So for five years, it was uh, two buses and two tractor trailers. One had the stage and lights. The other one had the uh, workout equipment and the other bus. At this point, we it was all about having a good time on the road. You know, we we'd already made some pretty good money the first ten years. So the next five years, it was let's have a good time. So <laughs> we took all these amenities out with us. And the only thing is, you didn't really get to enjoy the city. I never went anywhere because it was just hard to go places with your family and you know not have to. Uh, put up with some stuff you know and plus not everybody's a fan ted yeah yeah fair enough <laughs> you gotta you gotta watch these liberal maniacs yeah you know what i mean oh yeah it's kind of like rodeoing too isn't it like it's it's a similar idea you're on the road the whole time and and you know we don't get to check out the cities much either we're in the parking lots most of the time and you don't you probably didn't have a you wouldn't have a vehicle you'd have to take a cab to get anywhere too wouldn't you oh yeah that's yeah so it is it's like anybody that's doing arena stuff and, and going day to day and weekend to weekend, you don't get to see a lot of the city. I don't, I really don't remember when we went out a lot, especially me and the wife and kids, the, the crew would sometimes go out and do stuff, but I would, we'd hardly ever see any of the city. We'd see the skylights or whatever, but we wouldn't see a lot of the city. I remember one time we got a funny story. One time we pulled up, I forget where we was performing at, but everybody wanted to go to this restaurant that was pretty famous. And it was just like a diner, but it was supposed to be really nice. So I said, man, I can't go, man. I mean, this was in the height. This is in the heyday. I mean, like I said, we're doing 10, 12,000 a night. And I said, I, guys, I can't go out to this place. I'm going to get hammered. And they said, well, don't just put on something where nobody recognizes you. So I put on a Nike. My buddy bought me this as a joke because he knew I would never wear it. But he bought me a Nike track suit <laughs> so i went out with my wife and just before we had kids i was with my wife i was my tour manager my my uh my the trainer was there bus driver we're waiting in line to get in this restaurant there's people everywhere and there's a guy behind me and i got on a black track suit i got my hat on backwards and a pair of sunglasses and this guy <laughs> this guy leans over and he goes hey are you Larry the Cable Guy? I go, yeah, I am. He goes, what are you doing wearing that shit? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, it looks stupid, doesn't it? He goes, damn right, it looks stupid. I said, well, they told me to wear this because I didn't, I wouldn't get recognized. He goes, well, I recognized you, and you look like a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! And then, I know. And then he started laughing. He gave me the knuckles and said, "Don't worry, I'm gonna say nothing." I mean, we had a big. He was a big fan, so I mean, but it was like, oh man, I got called out for my tracksuit. So <laughs> I, never, I never worn it since. Yeah, last time you did that, uh, you you ended up on a on a opening video for the PBR. I think it's one of my favorites that we've that we've got to use at these events. Um, how how did that come to be? Yeah, man. I um uh, oh. Uh, I'm um, having a brain part now, but oh, uh, Sean Glee, what the heck? 
Yeah, Sean's a good old guy. Man, I haven't talked to Sean in a while. I get so stinking busy. He's probably mad at me because he called me a while back. I still ain't called him back. I'm flipping almost, I'm 57, so I forget stuff. But Sean had called me and asked me if I'd do something special for the finals. And I said, what do you want me to do? So I did a, I did a video for him. I, 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 I love doing that. You know, it was a lot of fun. I, I think since I quit doing bulls and stuff, I just kind of, I kind of, I don't know. I probably should do more with it because I love it so much. But, man, there's, I, I got so many things that I'm doing. that. But I probably should. I love it. I love Sean, and I love the whole PBR thing. I think it's been unbelievably awesome for bull riders to get a chance to go out and make good money because it's such a dangerous sport. They deserve to be making as much money as they can, that's for sure. What What are your thoughts on, on bull riding and what – what it needs to get to the next level yet now like what what do you think they need to do well i gotta tell you i you know i mean just coming from a fan and a guy that likes bull riding i mean it seems like it, it, at a certain point you know when you get sold off and bought by corporations corporations ruin everything because corporations get all politically correct and corporations get away from people who brought things to where they were you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get and, it. And they kind of take the personality out of everything and make everything cookie-cutter and to the book. And and I think that I think that for a while there – now, there's some guys now getting it back, but I think for a while there they kind of lost their personality a little bit. You didn't have guys that had this. You know what I mean? I think it kind of got away from that. I think that, I I, I think that there was. Uh, I think that's pretty much. You know, I think I think they just kind of got away from the personality a little bit. Then it and then it almost became a Brazilian sport. You know, yeah, I for mean, a while. For a while there, it was almost like seventy percent of the guys in there were all from Brazil. So it's like you're in America doing an American thing, and nobody can. Nobody recognized anybody, and that's no cut against Brazilian riders. They're good riders. Oh yeah, they're great. Um, they're fantastic riders, and it's no cut against them. But you know, I think it, it was a little harder for your average American uh, fan of rodeo to really relate to a lot of those guys because they they didn't have the personality that we were used to having with some of our guys and you know that you know canada when they play and that's no knocker it's not saying you hey because they're great riders and but it's like canadian football you know canadian football only allows x amount of american players yeah yeah you have to have a certain amount of canadian players you cannot so I think you got it, but now it's back. Now I think it's got. We've had some good kids coming up, and I think it's been replenished, and we have a good mix of people in there. Um. Uh, so, but I think Sean's done a good job. Sean's held it together really well. Um. You know, when you're when you got big money involved and you fight corporate stuff, and they want you to do one thing, and you guys know better the other way, it's a hard line to. To, to manage i think sean's done a great great job with it because he loves bull riding he loves pbr he's a cowboy he, he gets it and so when you're when you're dealing with big money and corporate influence you got you gotta you gotta ride a, a fine line there i think he does a pretty good job of it oh yeah i think it's i think it's better than it's uh better than it's ever been at this point uh, i'm looking looking forward to what they keep doing I do too. It's fun to watch again, and it's uh, yeah, it, it's awesome. And they're even coming back this weekend too. They've got an event uh, at the Lazy E in, in Guthrie. Actually, they're gonna do a closed door event uh, for TV. So we got some bull riding back this weekend. Yeah, no, that's good. They should do that. I mean, these politicians. I don't know what they got to get their head out of it, but you know, I'll guarantee you, the first politician that says uh, comes out and says, "Look." It's stupid to quarantine healthy people where 98% aren't getting sick. Let's get out and work and let's protect the vulnerable. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know why they can't do that. I, I don't get it. This is the first time in the history of the world that they've quarantined a nation of healthy people. Yeah. 
What what have you guys been doing while uh, while this has been going on? Oh, what have we been doing? I've been doing strippograms for blind people. <laughs> uh, I've been. <laughs> I told I told I told my wife the other day. I said we ought to pack a couple of bags and grab the kids and spend a couple of nights in the living room this summer. <laughs> um. be a might, might be a fun thing to do. I bought yeah. thirty. I, I bought thirty million gallons of oil yesterday because it was minus one. So. Yeah, where are you going to keep it all? I'm I'm working on a like creamer. I'm working on a rubber bladder system <laughs> here at the house. My, uh... <laughs> we, you know what? We haven't been doing too much. Just kind of hanging out. You know, I go walk a golf course when I can when it's nice. And but my family's been homebodies most of their lives, so they never did much anyway. So perfect for them. Uh, my my uh, co-host here, Wacey Anderson, he's a former bull rider, and he's going to school right now here at the UFC. He's uh, I got a question for you. Uh, so you got a comedy special out now. Can you talk about a bit about the process that goes into producing one of those? I can imagine what kind of work it would be to kind of coordinate everything. Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's my first comedy uh, uh, album I've had in uh, ten years solo. Uh, you know, I did a project with Foxworthy a year and a half ago, and then me, Jeff, and Bill did a project about eight years ago. And My last full-on solo album was ten years ago, and that was the one that I did at the at, at the stadium here in Lincoln. I think we had 53,000, and that was on Comedy Central, but there's, you know, I didn't know if I was going to do another one, and they, they came to me and asked me, uh, Comedy Dynamics, if I wanted to do another special. They'd worked with me before, and they liked my stuff, and I still got an awesome fan base, and I'd never really considered it since I only do about 30 shows a year now. I'm kind of slowing down, but I went through my notes from my last special and threw out everything that was no, but that people have already heard on a CD. Or a special, and I had about 47 minutes, I think, 40 minutes left. So I figured, well, if they want a new special, I got to write about another 25 to 30 minutes. I asked them how long I had. They said a year and a half, and I said, yeah, let's do it. I can do, I can come up with some more stuff and get ready to go. So that's basically all that there is, and then it's just basically what I do all the time: it's just writing and putting jokes together and coming up with. Uh, 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 just coming up with uh, different types of material. You know, I told my wife I didn't think I could do any more jokes about Walmart than I've already done, but I went in there <laughs> twice and came out with seven minutes. So, yeah, so, I mean, what the heck? So, and then, and then uh, to get ready for it, since I didn't do as many dates, I had one date booked in Wisconsin. And so we decided, well, let's do another bus tour. I hadn't done a bus tour in about five years because I fly to everything now. I said, let's just piece together some stuff. Let them, I'll take a cut and pay and let's just go in, sell as many tickets as we can to these smaller arenas and I'll work our way down because I have one more date in Joliet, Illinois. So let's, that's a great place to tape a concert. So that's what we did. We went ahead and booked a nine day run and, uh, so I went and I did shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Saturday, I think we started on a Thursday, so we went from Thursday to Sunday, from Monday all the way to the next Saturday, and we booked a a huge bus tour. And every night I went on stage and I worked on the new stuff, worked on the old stuff, made sure I got everything in working order. And by the time I got to my last night, we did two shows and it went smooth. We were taping two. And I got done with the first show, and the guy directing it and that bought it, he came back after the first show. He said, hey, I'll be honest with you. He goes, have fun. The second show, do what you want. But as far as getting what we need, we got it all on the first show. <laughs> so, so that was pretty much it. And then they just uh, they find a place. To, then they said they wanted to air it April 17th. And then well, the next step is just getting a bunch of press so we can get it out so people talk about it. And I'm proud of it. It's funny. I think it's some of the best stuff I've done, a lot of great one-liners. I know it's got to be pretty good because even critics that don't like me like this. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we watched it the other night here, and I, I really enjoyed it. I really like the stories about, about Mater, too. That's had to be a fun a fun journey. And, and uh, like like I was reading on one of the, one of the interviews you've already done, 
you you it was a whole new audience for you to to get into cars yeah it was it definitely was and uh i was so excited when they offered me that role and and if i can i would say i was happier than a tornado in the trailer park (laughs) Uh, that's awesome yeah it was it was really cool and and filming it was a lot of fun. I would tell everybody I'm very underrated when it comes to voiceovers because I'm the only guy that's ever done voiceovers that puts on weight to do the character. <laughs> <laughs> what What is that process like? Are Are you all together in a in a studio, like with with all the different people there, or is it separate, or do you do it from home and send them the audio, or how, how does it How does that What's that process like? Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. They, I go out there. Uh, they, I see the script, the script sitting in front of me. I didn't even see the script till I went out there the first time. Um, they told me about the character and what they wanted. And, uh, I said, okay. And I went out there and John Lasseter, my first time there, John Lasseter met me at the, at the doors and showed me around and introduced me to everybody and make me feel comfortable and, then we went in the studio, and we had the first session I ever did was only about two hours long. I ended up doing, I think, eight or nine sessions at four hours a session throughout the throughout a year and a half. And uh, John Lasseter and Darla Anderson, the co-producer, she they're both sitting in a chair in a room with me. And then to the left are about five or six. There's a guy running a board, and then there's five animators that watch you. And they, I think what they do is it looks like they're sketching you. So they're sketching your facial expressions, kind of taking notes, how you're saying stuff to match your mouth. And I don't see anything. They just read the line before you, point at you, and you do your stuff. And then the next time you go in, they'll show you a little mock-up, and it's not even full animation. It's kind of like when you take a paper and you drew the animation on the paper and you flip the pages and it makes a little movie. It was kind of like that in black and white. And then I think about the fifth time I went out there, they showed me a a two-and-a-half-minute segment that was finished which was awesome. And that's it. I don't even see any of the cast members. The first time I saw the movie, we had the premiere at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and uh, they had six screens set up, big screens. And the first time I ever saw Mater full was that night. And it was so stinking awesome. And what was really cool about that night was it was my first foray into all this Pixar stardom stuff. And so they had this huge stage and they had a concert and they wanted me to host the concert. So I'm bringing people on and off stage and I'm standing backstage and all of a sudden I look and there's uh, uh, Chuck Berry sitting on a speaker tuning up his guitar. And he looks over and he goes, Larry, the cable guy. I go, yes, sir. He goes, man, get over here. My wife and I just love you to death. I'm like, oh, man, it's Chuck Berry. Holy. And then, I know. And then he went long. And this was the thing that sucked about Chuck Berry. He went, since I'm the host, I got to keep the show moving. And they go, you got to go on there. Go on there. And he's in the middle of a song. And they go, you got to go, go go and just say his name and let's move this along. I said, I am, you want me to go on stage and cut Chuck Berry off? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and so sure enough, John Lasseter says, you got to do it there. You got to go up there. So I went up there. And I go, hey, everybody, Chuck Berry, let's make some noise. Everybody started cheering. He kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? Oh, and no. so he went off stage and they had to tell him, though, it wasn't my fault. They made him do it. So he wasn't yeah. mad at me. But I do have one funny story, though. I remember Paul Newman. I brought him on stage, and he was really cool. He pointed at me and laughed. I, I had we, I sat across from him at dinner that night. He's the guy that gave me information on how to 
I have a foundation and I do a lot of foods. And I told him I wanted to be the redneck Paul Newman. And so he gave me information on how he did his products. And he was a lot of help. But the next day I brought him on stage and I said, uh, folks, Paul Newman is 82 years old. And that boy took a race car this afternoon and drove around this track 15 times at 180 miles an hour. And I said, you would never know Paul Newman is as old as he is, except in the movie Cars, because he's the only character that drives around the entire movie with his blinker on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, speaking of time, we're uh, we're over time here already. But I got two more things. If you if you still have time, Larry, I don't want to keep you for. Uh, if you got a you got man, a busy schedule today. Ted, you're killing me, man. You're killing me. Oh man, <laughs> um, Canada. I I came to your, one of your shows in in Edmonton. Uh, I think in 2003, my brother and I went. I was probably like 12 or 13 years old. Um, I want. I just want to talk Canada. What what's your favorite Canada story? Uh, um, in your career. Oh, man, I love Canada. Holy smokes, I did. That was a good year, too. I did. I think I did two nights in a row at that arena there in Edmonton. I I remember that. I did two nights in a row at the Saddle Dome in Calgary, and then I came over to Edmonton. We did two nights. I think we did 8,000 a night. I mean, that was fantastic. Canada is so much stinking fun. My favorite memory of Canada is we were going up way up in the uh, Canadian rock, way up north. Um, what is that? There's a Dawson Creek, Canada. Yeah, B.C., Dawson Creek, B.C. Way up there, right? Yeah. It's like 10 hours from Calgary. Yeah, and it's like we're on the tour bus, and, uh, and, it's, starting to, and it's starting to snow, and we're going up some hill well we got to slow down because there's a big rig with logs on it coming off a side road and we literally just got done saying there ain't no way i'm selling how did i sell tickets up here ain't nobody up here knows i ain't nothing up here but sled dogs and eskimos (laughs) i go there ain't nobody knows who i am up here they're nuts booking me up in this place and that truck pulls out and gets in front of the bus and written on the logs on the back so you can see it in blue spray paint. Get her done! <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I was like, God bless Canada, man. I love them. I mean, I have... Canada's fun, man. You know, everybody likes to laugh and drink beer. It's a good place. Well, we hope to see you back up here sometime. Wait, Wacey, I'll, I'll wrap us up here quick so we don't keep any Yeah, longer. so the one question we ask all our guests is what their definition of cowboy shit is. So what would be yours? <laughs> what their definition of cowboy shit is? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Neil McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Neil McCoy. Dude, those daggum iron press Levi's. The starch, right? The iron. Yeah, this. Yeah, the starched Levi's. That's cowboy shit. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, th- thanks so much for this. This was uh, this was so awesome. I appreciate your time. Thanks for thanks for doing this. Have a great rest of your biggest guest to date. Day. Yeah, thanks thanks again, Larry. Thanks so much. Ah, you got it, man. I was happy to do it. I was glad you guys called and wanted me to. I. Appreciate what y'all do and do it so much. And, and uh, hey, keep it alive, man. Keep it alive. Oh, we will. We will. We look forward to talking to you again someday soon, too. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much, Larry. We appreciate it. Have a great day. You guys. See you later. Stay well. Later. All right. Bye. Get her done. Just do what Larry does. Say, Lord, I apologize. Get up off your lazy ass. Thanks again to Mr. Larry the Cable Guy. Do you, do you do you call him Mr. Mr. Larry? What would you Mr. Cable Guy? Mr. Cable Guy? 
Thank you to Larry the Cable Guy for being on the podcast this week. Unreal, unreal guest. Such a great conversation. Super cool. I hope we didn't hold him up too much. Uh, we, we went over our time there a little bit, but uh, it seemed like he was. He, I think he enjoyed the conversation. I think we threw him off of it with the cowboy shit definition though a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. But I think you know, it was good. He was been, it was really engaging, and he had told some cool stories, and that yeah, was good stuff for him. Again, uh, remained seated is uh, from Comedy Dynamics. It's out uh, via Apple TV, Amazon Prime Di- Video, Dish, DirecTV, Spectrum, Google Play, and more. It's been out since the beginning of April. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. That was such a cool experience, such a cool interview. Uh, yeah, I just I loved it. It was <laughs> yeah, so much dude, fun. Yeah, it was super cool, man. It's just t- such a talk to a guy like of that stature, like basically an A-list celebrity. It was pretty neat just to yeah kind of pick his brain for half an hour or so. So um, so now that Larry's been on the show, I, I guess Carrie Price has no excuses now, really, because I mean we got to get Pricer on that. Like Larry's way more famous than Carrie, so I mean <laughs> Carrie, you're up, I think, man. Like I don't yeah, I don't know need, you, yeah. but just saying, if you uh, want to be on the show, to, we're uh, we're still I here. I to fangirl too hard. <laughs> okay, uh, what do we got next? We got uh, Dirty Money. I got to talk about this. Holy shit, we uh, we're watching bit of the netflix and got on this dirty money show there's some crazy stuff like wells fargo doing some shady shit what else was in there it was wells fargo there was some stuff about jared kushner being a total slumlord with like having a bunch of different different uh apartments in manhattan and then there was like i don't know we we watched this last one it was called guardianship inc and it was these people that become guardians in the states, and they and they just totally rip off and just abuse the system with uh, with with different people. They they just go in and say they're mentally incapable, like then they're they can't handle their own stuff, and they just put them in homes and take all their money and just basically just it's uh, totally absurd. Like I was appalled by what was going on. It felt so horrible That's for crazy these people. Shit. Yeah, it was sickening. To see what was going on, these people just don't think like they just say they're well, they're being their guardian, and they just take and sell all their shit. They get a commission. They like, I don't know. It's it's totally absurd. And the state, it, it I don't know if the state's in on it because there's like there's no media on it hardly right now, and like, it it's totally insane. Like I I just I'm flabbergasted by what is going on with this with this uh, dirty money like this guardianship stuff. So and if if you haven't seen it. It's uh, it's the guardianship episode on Dirty Money on Netflix. So, check it out. You'll probably be pissed off as much as I was, and just totally, I don't know. I, I I'm looking forward to talking to you. It's the next crazy how people this. can do like, can, it's crazy how people can do that. Well, I even looked. It's like, even something that's that's in Canada too. Like, I don't know if it's to the same extent as far as the corruption goes, but like this, there's yeah, this one lady on this show that you'll just want to like. I don't know. You just hope that she goes to jail for a really long time for what she's been, what she's doing to this one family, let alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is worse than Carol Baskin. Like this lady is. Well, she, she should be. Yeah, this lady should be. Um, I don't even know. She should be in jail for way longer than Joe Exotic. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I have a. This this brings up a question that I thought of, that I saw the other day on Twitter. Um, if you could commit one crime. Like, when you get one hall pass to commit whatever crime you want, what do you what crime are you committing? If I'm committing a crime, yeah, you, you oh have a hall pass to commit whatever crime you want. What are you going to commit? I don't think I want to still, at all. I'm, I'm just. I'd good. rob a bank for sure. You would rob a bank? And if just... I was allowed to do it and get off scot free, I would fucking run rob the shit out of that bank. What? What? Oh, just so you'd have some more money or what? Yeah, hell yeah, dude. But what? Hmm. I don't what know. do you mean? But what? That's, what do you mean? But what? You get a hall pass to commit any crime. I don't want to murder anybody. Know that. You just want to rob a bank. But what about? Where does that money bank. come from? Do you? Are you robbing the? Like who's gonna? Who's gonna be? Uh, who's gonna be? Who's gonna take a loss on that? On that robbery. People who have their money in that bank, I guess. I don't. So know, you're man. stealing people's money. I get to do it, and I get to do it, and I'm not gonna get in trouble for it. Like that, you think you're diving deeper into the question than what it it should be, but well, I'm I'm looking at anyway. it morally, like like how do you just steal money from people, man? That's that's not cool. I don't like. I'm it. allowed to commit a crime, man. I'm stealing the money. 
No I shame. Don't know. If you're gonna if you're gonna rob a bank, you might as well just rob the you might as well rob the government for how much they rob us already. Maybe that's a better place I'm, to I'm, go. Either way, either way, the the crime I'm committing, I'm getting some sort of money out of it. You're just getting your own money back. Yeah. Either way, yeah, I'll take back all the taxes they took off from me over the years. Right. If you could commit one crime, it would be tax fraud, so you can get your own money back. That would be get my own money. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I get back, if I get back, get back the taxes they took off the three years I worked in the rigs, I'd have so much money. <laughs> could you could retire on that money, on the on Fuck the rig man, money? Yeah. 40 percent of my rig checks every yeah for three years <laughs> that would be that, that seems like a more reasonable crime because it's your own money then you're not taking anyone else's money so my rob a bank money kind of good like a little thrill like yeah, old, little old days they're gonna hold off or Anyways. would you or would you rob would you rob wall street for all the sh- dirty like once you watch dirty money man you're gonna hate all that stuff because it is absurd what goes on the different fraudulent People. activities there was another one about like dirty gold coming from central and south america and the drug the drug uh, like people are laundering money through the gold like man i got in some serious conspiracy shit with this dirty money show it's <laughs> like everybody's talking about ozark and like we watch one episode whatever but then yeah i haven't got honestly man i've watched this year on netflix or like any like since TV the blast. sun came out yeah we haven't barely turned on our tv either the this only the, the only netflix day. The most, the most recent thing I've watched on Netflix was Chris D'Elia's comedy special. We watched it too. Which was we watched two man, of them now. So good. Yeah, he's that great. guy is so funny. He's great. He's all, have you watched all of his Netflix stuff? Man, I I loved Larry's comedy special too. By the way, the one that we that we yeah. just mentioned his new show it was it was great. It was so cool to yeah. see him back again because like I haven't seen anything from, I mean I haven't paid well, you, super close attention. There's some from Ron White on on Netflix, but it's kind of like got me yeah. back into comedy a bit more. And like yeah, we watched some Chris D'Elia stuff. We watched the one special from uh, from uh, Ken Jong too, from The Hangover. Oh, be good. Man, his was really cool because he kind of just told some stories about The Hangover and like becoming an actor. He's have a real watched, doctor. Uh, have you ever have you ever watched Community? Oh yeah, I watched a ton of Community. I don't know if, I don't know when yeah. I watched it now though. Like I forget the timeline on he's when so I good. watched he's it. He's so good in that. He's so good in that. Oh show. yeah, like don't, isn't Chevy Chase in there too? And then Donald yeah. Glover is Childish Gambino, the rapper. It's the yes, same bro. guy. And then, yep. uh, you, you know what? You, you guys need to watch Troy and Abed in the morning. Those guys were funny. Is watch, um, Chris Lee's, uh, Comedians of the World special. It's like a half an hour show, but it is, it is fucking so funny, man. Really? Yeah, it's really, really good. I, he's, but he's far and away my favorite comedian. We watched, I remember watching a couple shows about Kevin Hart, too. I enjoyed his shows. Yeah. These are pretty good. There's too. some pretty crazy stuff. Dave, Apparently, Dave Chappelle's specials are supposed to be really good as well. I'm yeah, we watched some of his stuff people. as well. Definitely. Big fan of the comedians during quarantine. Been big Russell Peters, those. his stuff on Netflix is good. I haven't seen any of his stuff lately, but he's great. Good, Isn't he Canadian, good Canadian too? Good, yeah, yeah, Canadian boy. Yeah, there you go. Okay, uh, what else do you got before we wrap up here today? Um, episode so 60. Question, another question I thought of was, what's one event you wish you could have like, competed at in your career when you're riding the bull doing the thing? Competed at, mm-hmm. like right, you'd you'd be riding the bull. You know, I know you've worked a lot of the stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, that's an interesting question because like we got like I got to ride a Calgary in the steer riding, which was unreal at the mm-hmm. time. But I I don't know. I'm just not I'm not as interested in riding right anymore because of because of uh, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm th- I'm thirty. I'm gonna be thirty on Friday, so like. Oh, ball. Yeah, no, right. Like I, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna be making a comeback anytime soon. Um, mm. I'm not sure, man. I, I don't, I don't know. Like I'd, l- I'd like to say like the NFR or something, or like, you know, it might be, it might have been cool to ride in a place like Cheyenne or Pendleton, maybe. But I would, mm-hmm. I kind of, I don't know. Being able to see those places is pretty neat too, and and mm-hmm. going and being around the event still. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know if it'd make much of a difference to have ridden there now. I guess, you know, That's the big one was Calgary. Because I, mm-hmm. I could always say I rolled there when I was a kid in the steer riding, but which is still pretty damn cool. Yeah. What what what's your thoughts on that? Mine would be the CFR. Oh yeah. Okay. That's that's a good one too. Especially when it was like nothing against Red Deer, but it was so so cool to like start off in Edmonton. It was such a big crowd, such a big deal. Like I would have liked yeah. to make the CFR in the bull ride, and that would have been a pretty cool accomplishment to have on my on my list. Because I, you know, a guy makes a couple good rides, but like to actually go and 
and uh, be one of the top guys in the country for to a year. qualify and make cool. it, and you know that yeah. would be neat. I'd It'd love be... to have a CFR back number on my wall. That'd be that. That's true. Yeah, Good for, call. for yeah, for me it was it was between like the CFR and the PBR Canadian final, just because like for me like that was a big goal of mine when I was still riding, is because like it was in Saskatoon and like so much of my friends and family are oh, there. Oh yeah, would have been cool, unreal for you. Cool. Yeah, so it's that's it's something I ponder often, just because like I don't know. Before I quit, I had to. I left a lot of unfinished business on the table because i didn't get to quit on your own terms really by choice yeah. yeah well man if i if i look back at bull riding too like i the last season i actually competed was 2011 and i like my biggest mm-hmm. year in rodeo like in bull riding was 2010 like that mm-hmm. was when like mm-hmm. I, I filled my permit in 2010 i had like one full year in 2011 and i didn't do anything but like yeah there's a few guys where it's kind of like that where you kind of have a couple years you know like like a guy like todd cutowitz kind of had a couple years where he kind of like you know, didn't have the greatest years. And then he goes and steps up, makes the finals a couple of times. And, you know, mm-hmm. like if I could have kept going, maybe I would have got to the CFR at some point. I, I don't know. I like, I never That's competed honest. again after I was 21. Like that, I never had another real year. So yeah, I've kind of been and on this other path thing, like, since it's, it's interesting. Yes. Yeah, it's fun. It's, I guess it's easy, it's easy to sit and look back on it that way too and say it, but yeah, who knows? But I think it, the, the pros is such a grind where you got to like find your groove and settle in. Like you even look like yeah. a guy like, like like well tim like tim lipset when he was going really hard like he had the same kind of thing as toddler in a few years we yeah and then he makes then the he finals all click he makes yeah. finals a couple years in a row it's just it's just some of those deals where you just kind of got to find your groove and whatever but yeah well so you know who another guy that i think had that same thing was was tyler thompson it took him a few years to get to go to qualify to make the final the cfr i believe too i think yeah, it I think took him a couple first, times he was 26 is his first cfr he said yeah so it took him a few years too it took him a while right so so yeah, I mean sure, that's true. And I like growing up for me, like Edmonton was the pinnacle. That's why I wanted to start riding. I went there when I was, you know, mm-hmm. I think eleven or something back in oh one, oh two maybe. And yeah, mm-hmm. decided I wanted to go and be there. And and then the CFR for us ended up being Strathmore, which was which was shit for a few years for the steer riding. Took yeah, it out of the finals. Shit, yeah. So I made it at, when it was in Strathmore, which was horse shit. But I mean that you know, to take those that away from those kids when it had been there for forever was pretty brutal that's on kind those. Of you know, on the behalf of whoever was involved, I think that's pretty, that's kind of bullshit, but I mean. Yeah, no, I feel you for sure. You can take the fucking dog's axe out of the finals, not, don't, (laughs) you know, that's, that's what you take out, you don't take out the fucking kids events when this is a sport that needs that, so. That's what you sense there. I mean, it doesn't doesn't really add that much to your show, really. Like three, three, six horses and and six Yeah, it's 12, it's another event, it's, it's 10 minutes, right? two you shoot can, loads you can literally two shoot loads yeah you can you can cut it you can cut 10 minutes somewhere else right like mm-hmm. looking at these shows now yeah there was a fucking yeah. dog act at the cfr at one point right like that's not yeah. rodeo they had blake shelton remember blake shelton at the f- start of the fucking cfr too that time no i don't remember that you don't remember that he that's had funny. a full concert like 30 minutes after and he was ha- oh, half cut one night that that's was a so thing funny. like i don't want to like i'm trying not to be a f- offensive here but like yeah, there was there was a fucking dog show in the middle of the CFR. Man, I'll never forget the last year they had the CFR in Edmonton, and they that that Friday night perf was the longest rodeo I've been at in my life. And that's the third perf. Like they they you say that you're supposed you got a couple like like easy goes to like get into it, but mm-hmm. no, it's Friday. Yeah, you said it was like three hours. Wasn't that the year of the of the the Global Cup? Yeah, same yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. Man, I remember it was like eleven thirty, and they're starting the bull riding. It's like, oh my gosh. gosh. I, I shouldn't say it, but like, I just went to the bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, the parties were unreal in Edmonton. That was like the first oh, time when I got in the bar when I was a kid. The ranch back in 06 in Edmonton. Good memories. And I think that's I think that's where our editor, Sean, met his wife was at the ranch at the bar. Really? Well, we, we, were, yeah. telling, we were telling first date stories there on our, yeah, and our Zoom calls. Our Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> for, for me, for me, for me, growing up was a little different because I grew up in Saskatchewan. So like, it was me, aggravation. Like the CCA, the yeah. CCA finals and aggravation was yeah. that was it. And yeah, getting yeah. to ride there the few times that I did was pretty cool. Once I finally got there, yeah. Well, and, and there'll be times too with Red Deer, like Red Deer with the CFR with the uh, with the cabarets. Like, there's gonna be some sweet memories and parties made there too at different points. Like when you oh, got the sure. the buckle presentations and everything all together. Like, it's pretty kick ass. And and that's another one that's probably. Um, could be next on the list for being in danger for going or not this year. Where do you, where would you, where do you draw the line there? Oh man, I don't know. Um, it's such a big event to plan and, and it's such, 
it'd be such a gamble with with Westerner with the with um with the stuff that's been that's been happening with everything going on right now to to take a risk and have that's a few million dollar event. You could classify it as a so given like a COVID, like the COVID rules like that would be like a super spreader event. Yeah, yeah. They unless there's, I think unless there's, uh, I don't know. Would you say unless there's a vaccine or unless there's, uh, yeah, unless there's a vaccine, you can't do it. And I don't think our phases will be open up enough to have like ten thousand people in an arena. For well, I think you even got to have like got like even like the rodeo season, like we said earlier. Like, yeah, there's no the season. What do you do? Yeah, yeah. Like if it gets to like seventy, if you only have twenty five percent of your rodeos left. How do you even garner a season? Out of it's that? only it's only May right now. You know, like this yeah. whole season might be canceled. And then, I mean, I don't know how much different it'll be in the states when they get back. But we we could be looking at no having no NFR this year. I know they're not gonna want to go that route, but we're far from over this thing. I think. In a lot of places, as I far agree. as as far as the data shows right now, so mm-hmm. I, I, don't I agree. Know. It's I don't it's know. it sucks talking about it, but I mean it's the, it's the reality we're living in right now. Yeah, it's kind of like that whole deal with Stampede. It's like we all knew it was coming, but it just like actually hearing the words that it was canceled is kind of just a yeah. shitty shitty blow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, enough doom and gloom for now. Uh, hope everybody's staying safe out there, enjoying the sun a little bit uh, from a distance with with all the other folks. Hope you're getting some golf in and whatever else you might want to do in the summertime. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to Larry the Cable Guy, Mr. Whitney there for for being on the show. It's been unreal. Wacy, thanks again. Thanks to our editor, Sean Morton. Appreciate everybody being part of Cowboy Shit. Thanks again. I miss my mom. I miss my dad.